Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show covering soccer in Atlanta, Georgia, the Southeast, the United States, this hemisphere, the world and beyond. That's what we do on AST. We've got a busy week to try to make some sense of in the Atlanta United world. We've got the 3-4-3 to close things out. We'll bounce around MLS and get you ready for next weekend. But first, it was a wild week. There were seven goals for Atlanta United scored in the week. There were four points earned, a win and a draw, win at home, draw on the road. That all sounds good on paper, right? Yeah, games aren't played on paper, and we don't feel games when they're written down like this and and all these things sound good. You know how it went on Saturday night. Atlanta United gave up a late goal in just a wild, insane match at Soldier Field to finish 3-3 in a game that they led, in a game that they trailed, in a game that they came back to lead again, and in a game that they ultimately drew. Four points, two games, seven goals scored, all good things. Let's start with the best of the good things, the 4-0 win over Colorado. And this showed, I think, what Atlanta United can be and also showed that Colorado's got some work to do, especially on the road. I've never been a fan of the ultra-defensive stance that some teams will take. I think when you go into a match with a plan to play a line of five, to get numbers behind the ball, usually nine, sometimes 10, to concede possession. I think when you go into a match with that sort of a plan, you're giving a bad message to your team. You're basically telling your team that they can't play on the same playing field as the opponent. Is that the the reality sometimes? Yes, that is. And that's something that, look, 
sometimes you have to accept and you have to figure out a way to get results if you've been dealt that hand. I think Colorado's a little bit better team than they're showing. And honestly, I think their loss on the weekend and poor performance there maybe shows a little bit of that effect of the message that was given to them because it was a very defensive stance from Colorado and they didn't get anything out of it. It's one thing if you tell your team that they're not good enough to compete and you put them in that defensive stance and they do the job and they get a point and then you can say, okay, now we can build from here. We can open up more as we go. You get a reward for the work. When you're just under siege, like Colorado was in that match on Wednesday, when Atlanta United has more shot-creating actions than any other game this season, when they have more shot-creating actions from the run of play than they had in any other game combined with set pieces and anything else, it's that's a tough hand to deal with if you're Colorado. That is very difficult to walk out of there and feel good about the work that you put in, good about the plan, and good about what's coming next. And I think that showed with their performance on the weekend. Atlanta United did what they had to do in this game, and it could have turned against them. Tiago Almada missed a penalty. That's a potential dent to confidence. It wasn't in this case. You didn't see any of that lull that we've seen at times from Atlanta United after a bad moment. Didn't happen. Almada makes it good with a free kick from even further out, which was ridiculous. Uh, I will never forget the dancing back and forth by Danny Leva on the post, off the post, running back, running forward, trying to figure out what to do. None of it mattered because Tiago Almada hit a free kick that nobody's saving no matter what they do. And then it took a while for the second goal, and Colorado came into the game a little bit, and they had a couple of moments in the second half. Quentin Westberg made a huge save. Now, it would have been an absolute golasso from Danny Leva if he scores it from 25-plus, maybe closer to 30. But that's how these games have been going for Atlanta United, right? Quentin Westberg makes the save. Atlanta finds their footing again, and they get an onslaught in the last 10 minutes and put the game away 4-0. And things look really good. Uh, things felt really good on Wednesday. And it was a good performance all the way around. Teams will have lulls. Teams will have dips in energy and in intensity and in urgency in just the emotional energy of the game. These things are going to happen. It's just part of the game. And it's impossible to, to look at teams and look at players as robots and not expect them to react to what happens in the match. But Atlanta United handled that reaction pretty well against Colorado. That long-range shot from Leva and the big save, that was a moment. That was a moment you could build on. That was a moment of trust in your goalkeeper and Quentin Westberg there that, okay, we're not going to let Colorado into the 18, and then Atlanta barely let Colorado into the 18-yard box. And if they're going to shoot from distance, we're good. We'll be fine. That builds confidence. It builds trust. It builds momentum. And I think that helped spur Atlanta on to a good finish on Wednesday. Now, then you have a recovery day. You have a light training day. You fly to Chicago. You get ready to face the Chicago Fire, who are coming in off of a loss where they led on Wednesday night in Charlotte, ended up losing to one. Brandon Cambridge had a night to remember. And it was a Weird one to try to figure out what was going to happen at Soldier Field. Atlanta United rotated the lineup a little bit. 
Brooks Linden got the night off. He had played every minute up to this point. Miles Robinson didn't start, came on for the last 30. It was chaotic. Uh, that chaos really ramped up with Miguel Berry earning a second yellow on Federico Navarro. In the first half, Atlanta United scores off the ensuing free kick. Big save from Brady. Almada was all over the goal every time from set pieces in this match. Brady had multiple big saves in this one. Uh, this one, he makes the save, but he can't push it away from Andrew Gutman, who was just waiting on the back post. Really smart positioning from Gutman. Teams are going to focus so heavily on Almada on these situations that they're going to forget some of that spacing and some of those things to deal with. And Brady's not able to do anything more than just keep that ball out the first time. Gutman puts it home. Atlanta has the lead. They have the man advantage. Should be good, right? No, it was not good because Jordan Shakiri uh, showed up and the corner that ends up in the back of the net was a fascinating sequence in and of itself. It's an in-swinging corner from the near side for Shakiri, the lefty, and he hits it so well. I don't know if Parata gets a touch. I don't know if Westberg makes the save and then it comes off of Parata. It's a it's a bang bang situation there. It doesn't go over the line by very much. I thought Westberg might have kept it out in totality. Uh, you don't have goal line technology or anything like that. It was very close. What Chicago did there that was very very clever, and it was something that was by design, and it was something that Shakiri took advantage of. I think he was wanting to see how it would play out. They had a, a runner on or an attacking player, not really a runner on, on the near post. Uh, Ronald Hernandez was there for Atlanta United and that Chicago player left the area on a diagonal run back, almost showing like for a short corner, uh, kind of giving that idea anyway. Hernandez followed him. So Hernandez came off the post. And when that happened, that opened the green light for Shakiri to try to do what he did and ultimately did gets the ball in the back of the net, whether it's off of his foot or with a little extra help, it's 1-1 at that point, and that will rattle you. And it did a little bit. I thought Chicago got a ton of momentum from it. Atlanta held okay at that point. Get to halftime, it's 1-1. The start to the second half was poor. And Chicago with a long ball. Shakiri has way too much time, 10 v. 11. There's no excuse for the amount of time that Shakiri had because he is the danger man for Chicago. And he wasn't closed down fast enough consistently. He hits a, a long-range ball. And it's, you know, look, long-range passes are low percentage. Atlanta United best in the league at allowing a low completion percentage on long passes. Well, this one, when you have that much time and it's on Shakiri's left foot, he's going to connect. And he found Shabilko, who was playing the target role to perfection, knocks it down. And it's a good shot from Marin Haile Selassie. It's one that you really needed that big save from Quentin Westberg in that moment like you had against Colorado. You don't get it, and it's 2-1, and things look calamitous at this point. Ten-man Chicago with a 2-1 lead, two goals unanswered at this stage, and Atlanta reeling. Well, Yorgos Yakamakis had come into the match at halftime, and the Yorgos effect was real. You get two goals from Yorgos. First one really well worked. A good ball from Hernandez to the back post. Gutman heads it back across. Yorgos does the job. 
Yorgos puts Atlanta back into the lead. So it's 3-2, a great run, timed it perfectly. AR thought it might have been off. When they saw the replays, you could see from the cut of the grass that Yorgos was able to curl that run. Almada was able to deliver the pass at the right time. And at 3-2, things looked great. Yeah, then Chicago went into a mode that Atlanta's got to start finding. It's not a mode that is defined by a game model. It's not a mode that's defined by tactics. Uh, I couldn't tell you what kind of shape Chicago was trying to play with 10 men and chasing things. Um, They went and they just made plays. And they put their best players in attacking positions to try to get those 1v1 situations. And Atlanta didn't live up to what they needed to do. Luis Adarujo picked up a very soft second yellow. He did put himself into the position to potentially get it. I think Miguel Angel Navarro did everything you're supposed to do in that situation when a player has just received a yellow to draw the referee's attention to anything that could be a second yellow, especially when you're playing a man down. I didn't like the call. I don't think it's a yellow card. I don't even know if he he actually touched him. But there's enough there for the referee to go second yellow, and that's not something you can review. I don't like it. I think Arujo's got to put himself in a better place to not have that happen. And then Atlanta's really reeling because Chicago just keeps finding attackers to throw off the bench into this game. And, and Atlanta handled it the way that you needed to from a tactical perspective. It's something that we've seen Atlanta United do quite often with a fullback tucking in as an additional center back. That was fine. And Ronald Hernandez did that. And Andrew Gutman was the wing back on the far side. And he could tuck in when needed to if on the other side if things developed that way. But Chicago was trying to attack down the right. So it was good to have Hernandez tuck in and be that additional help when Chicago put two up top and then had three more attackers underneath. Machoke Joel was the wing back on that side. And I don't think he really understood the ramifications of that assignment. He he wasn't picking up the runners in his area well enough. He wasn't closing things down well enough. He was caught defending space at times. And other players were too. This isn't just, it's on Chol. It's, it's on everybody because it's got to get corrected. Losing 1v1 duels defensively too often in key moments is the issue for Atlanta United right now. And the key moments part, That's the essential element of this conversation. You go into this game as Atlanta United, and they were fourth in the league in winning duels. They were third in not allowing progressive passes. They were third in not allowing passes into the attacking third. Third in allowing the fewest shot-created actions, like I mentioned before. First in the completion percentage on long passes. All that is system and tactics and and, and game model, and it shows you that, that it works. You're getting what you want. You're not letting teams into your attacking third very often. You're not letting them create shots. You're not letting them get looks at goal. You're not allowing those things to happen. But Atlanta United's given up 24 goals this season. And it comes down to 1v1s. And it comes down to those key moments that are not being won. Atlanta's winning duels better than most teams in the league, or duels, uh, as our old friend Frank DeBoer would say. But they're not making those plays, those duels, those wins in the key moments of the match. And it's it's helped 
contribute to giving up 24 goals, and it's helped contribute to points being taken away from Atlanta United in the table. And that's what it comes down to for me. That's what it comes down to. 1v1s in the attacking half, Atlanta's winning those more often than not in key moments. You've got 28 goals this season. It's working pretty well. Atlanta United tries to create 1v1 situations. They do that well. They win those well from an offensive standpoint. But the flip side is other teams are going to look for those 1v1s as well. And when you commit to win the 1v1s on one side of the field, you're going to be in 1v1s the other way. And Atlanta United's not winning those often enough. They're not winning very many of them. Two of the three goals in Chicago, down to individual plays. Two of the three goals versus Charlotte, not preventing crosses. Individual plays. 1v1 duels. And Atlanta's not winning them enough. Coming up in four minutes, we're going to dig just a little deeper into this one. Then we're going to look at Atlanta United and Orlando. We'll bounce around Major League Soccer. All coming up next on Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Trying to make some sense out of what happened this weekend in Chicago, which again, on paper, point on the road, that's better than most teams are doing this year. Atlanta United is right on average for the Eastern Conference in terms of points per game on the road, 0.86. That's the average. That's where Atlanta United is. This is a point on the road. That's better than the average. 
doesn't feel that way though, does it? And that's the issue here when we talk about what's coming, what's next. How do you fix it? It's not an easy fix. Talked about it off the top. When you have teams that are told we've got to put numbers behind the ball because we're not good enough to compete here. That sends a message that sticks with a team that sticks with a locker room. It sticks with a group of players conceding this many goals also sticks with a locker room and sticks with a group of players. And that's something that's got to change this game that we all love so much that we talk about all the time that we analyze just insanely to try to get down to why did this happen and how did this happen and how's the metric looking for this and what's the XG and we can do all of that. But what's happening in the sport more and more, it's about 1v1 situations. It's about creating those matchups, those duels. Frank DeBoer was absolutely right to be focusing on the duels. That's what the game is now. If you're a positional play team, it's about creating those matchups, whether it's 1v1 because you like your player against theirs, whether it's creating a 2v1 where you've got the numerical superiority, but creating a duel, a moment that has to be won. That's what positional play teams do. That's what pressing teams do as well. That's what defensive teams, sit and counter teams do as well. You're looking for your moments to win. And I was really struck by something that Pep Guardiola said in the aftermath of Manchester City winning the Premier League this weekend. And he talked about what he's learned. And he talked about how important those just top quality defenders are. And he said that when you're going up against these wingers and these great attackers, and he mentioned so many different uh, players to watch for Saka, Salah, so many that he's had to deal with, Vinicius Jr. You have to have defenders who can handle that business. And Atlanta United is not handling that business. I think they have good defenders. I think when you look at the individual talent here, you have good defenders, but they're not winning these situations. I think they're better than the performances are in terms of those 1v1s. I don't think it's a system thing. I don't think it's a game model thing. I don't think any of that. Game model is what Tata Martino told his defenders they're going to have to deal with. Michael Parker has talked about this a lot. He was told when he walked in the door here, you're going to be in uncomfortable situations because you're going to be 1v1 a lot because we're going to put numbers forward. Now, over time, that got a little more conservative at certain times. But in general, when you're going to be a team that wants to win games and wants to attack, you're going to leave your defenders in moments where they're going to have to defend either 1v1 or sometimes 1v2 or sometimes worse. And they have to make plays. That's what it comes down to. Because as, as Guardiola said, when you have these quality attackers, and MLS is filled with quality attackers, you see teams spend more on the attack than they do defensively. You have incredible attacking talent. Those moments can undo a game model, can undo a season, can undo a result, can undo a playoff game, can undo a cup game, whatever it is. Individual moments, winning those moments. 
You can do everything right. You can have the best plan in the history of plans. If Venetius Jr. blows past your fullback one time and scores the goal, that might be curtains for you. And that's where Atlanta United feels right now. And it's very frustrating that this team is scoring 28 goals so far. And they're so good in the attack. And they're not scoring enough goals. 28 should be enough. The two goals should be enough in a game. You look at Atlanta United's record, home and away with two goals. I've got the away number right here. On the road, when Atlanta scores twice, 23 wins, five losses, now 10 draws. When they score at least twice, two goals should be enough to get results. Three shouldn't even be a question. All time, three goals on the road. Atlanta United, eight, one, and now one. That one loss was that crazy 4-3 loss to LAFC in 2019. Three goals should absolutely be enough. You can't start asking for four. You can't start asking for five. That's getting into fantasy land. It has to be better defensively. And I don't know exactly how to fix that. Brad Gazan will help. Getting Brad Kazan back in goal will help. When he is healthy to go, that will help. But you have so many of these other moments that are being lost. And it's just got to change. And I don't know the way to do it. Because when you start dropping more numbers back defensively, you start telling your team and reinforcing what they're already feeling. You know these guys are frustrated with giving up these goals and giving up these points. You see it in the messages on social media. You can see it on their faces if you're looking. When you start dropping more numbers behind the ball, you're just reinforcing that. And I don't think that's the way. And I don't think that's ultimately what people want. I don't think it's what this team wants. I don't think it's how they want to play. But those moments have to start being won. That Chicago game shouldn't have gotten away from them to get to 2-1 down. And once it went up 3-2, even with the red card to Luis Adarujo, no way that game should have gotten away from you. It can't. And now that's more points that you look at that you could have had that you don't. Toronto and Chicago, those draws on the road, if you handle your business late in games and you have four more points in the table, you can do the math. You can look at the standings and you can figure that out. But then you've also got three wins on the road this season if that happens. And everything feels very, very different. Those moments... Those moments, they're so vital. And I think Atlanta United is doing everything right outside of winning those defensive moments. The numbers back it up. The play backs it up. Those moments are costing this team points. And you've got to find a way to stop it. And if it's down to individuals, you've got to find the right individuals to stop it. And that's just what it's going to come down to. Because Orlando is going to look to capitalize on those moments. And this is a very good attacking team. This is an Orlando team that just went down to enter Miami and won 3-1. Sounds like it's crisis mode in Fort Lauderdale these days. Orlando showed their potential in this. Um, this is one that Orlando's looked like a seesaw at times this season. Oscar Pereja has been on a hot seat. I thought Orlando started the season really well. Their high point was going to Monterrey and getting a, a scoreless draw at Tigres in the CONCACAF Champions League. And then that game got away from them in the second leg at home. And then they went into a funk. And they really have struggled at points. This is a win that shows, okay, this team is better than the numbers have looked. They have the talent. They have the talent in the attack. Erchankara, 
One goal, one assist on Saturday in Fort Lauderdale. He's got four goals on the season. He is a big handful up top. And you saw what Casper Shabilko did for Chicago, where he gives you that outlet. You can play long. Don't want to play through Atlanta's counter press. Don't want to play through that midfield that is winning the ball back at really good clips. Okay. Play it long. Let Cara knock it down. Oh, and he's got guys to knock it down too. Facundo Torres, Martino Ojeda. These are two more attacking keys for this team. Torres, one of Uruguay's top young talents, part of that World Cup squad. He's having a good start to 2023. He's playing inside a little bit at times, but he can also get out wide and be very dangerous. Another incredible talent from the Peñarol system out of Uruguay. Ojeda comes to Orlando from Godoy Cruz. New to the team this season, he had the match winner on Saturday off the bench. Scored that second goal that gave Orlando the 2-1 lead. They added one more to go 3-1. That win was their first after four without a win. This feels like an Orlando team that is starting to connect the dots. Bad timing for Atlanta United. And you know what this game means. You know what this game feels like. And if you don't want to use the R word, that's fine. I will. It's a rivalry. It has an extra feeling. And look, maybe that is what Atlanta United needs to deal with. Maybe they do need to deal with that extra pressure that a rivalry can bring. It didn't help against Charlotte in a game where that lull killed them. That lull that happened when they didn't get the first goal after having all of the play and then Charlotte scores on their first shot. That game hurt. Colorado, better in that regard. Chicago, better in that regard. I didn't, it wasn't the lulls that it came down to in this game. It wasn't those drops. It was not handling the individual moments, which we've seen too often this season. Orlando is a team that can win those individual moments with that attacking talent. But they're also a team that is average so far this season. They're on 19 points. They're in seventh place. They're 5-4-4. Four, and four. They've scored 16. They've allowed 16. You know, there's not a lot spectacular that stands out to them. They're outperforming their XG a little bit. The XG against maybe should have given up another goal or, or two goals on that side. But this is a team that has players who can win those individual moments. Goddard can. Doris can. Ojeda can. We know Galese can in goal. We've seen that happen many times. And when you look at the Eastern Conference table, Look, Atlanta's still in a good spot. They're three points out of second place. Cincinnati's starting to create a little bit of separation right now. They've won every game at home, and they had to deal with a battle, but they got it done. They're 9-1-3 and three right now, 30 points. Nashville second on 25. They went to Charlotte, came back, won that one on the road. New England struggling a little bit. Back-to-back -back losses for the Revs. They're on 24. Atlanta's on 22. Philadelphia surging right now, 21 points there in fifth. Then it's D.C. and Orlando on 19, Charlotte, Columbus on 18, New York City, Red Bulls on 16, then three teams on 15, Montreal, Chicago, and Miami, and Toronto at the bottom on 13 points. A couple of other updates from around the league. Mentioned Nashville and 2-1 win over Charlotte. Game-winning penalty in the 93rd minute. Hani Mukhtar is an MVP again right now. Hani Mukhtar would become just the second player in MLS history to earn two MVP awards. Only Preki has done this. 
Mukhtar is on a pace for that. Scored the first goal in his 93rd MLS game here. He is the fifth fastest player to produce at least 50 goals and 30 assists in the regular season. He's got 51 goals, 30 assists. Uh, Vela did it faster. Giovinco did it faster. Robbie Keane did it faster. And Jaime Moreno did it faster. That's it. Mukhtar has 50 goal contributions since the start of 2022. He scored or assisted on 50 of Nashville's 71 goals since the start of last season. That's 70% of Nashville's goals. Mukhtar's either scored it or he's assisted it. He's your MVP right now. That's like the epitome of valuable when you are that essential to their attack. And when he's not on, they don't look the same. Individual moments. And that was like trash. Uh, Manchester United at one point, other teams at one point, individual moments FC. Man, you'd like to have a little bit of that right now because those individual moments are making a difference. They are for Nashville. They're in second place in the East. Mentioned Cincinnati. 3-2 win over Columbus. They've got a guy who does a lot in those individual moments, Luciano Acosta. He scored twice. He's got four goals in his last three home games. They are the third team, Cincinnati, to win each of their first eight home games to open a season since the shootout era of the league. Only 2002 San Jose and 2020 Philadelphia in that 2020 season <laughs> that stretched over a long period of time after the uh, the long COVID break. But San Jose, 10 consecutive wins in 2002. Philly, 9. Cincinnati this season, 8. Now, out west, St. Louis and Kansas City. Some bad blood between these two, and this was their first meeting. And sporting Kansas City, who had been on a little bit of a run. Peter Vermes was feeling good about things. He was talking about how he was feeling good about things. He was looking for revenge just against everything, I guess against the world in general, because they never played St. Louis before. Well, they probably don't want to play St. Louis again anytime soon. St. Louis, all cap city, 4-0 win at home. Two goals from the Savannah native, Indiana Vasilev. St. Louis opened the scoring in the 19th. It just kept going from there. 4-0 win. Third team since 2019 to score at least three goals in four of their first six home games to begin a season. That is St. Louis City right now. Now, they had slumped a bit, but that's a huge win to build some momentum for them. They are in third in the West, tied for third with Dallas on points at 22. LAFC on 25. Seattle on 23, but back-to-back -back losses for the Sounders, back-to-back -back losses for San Jose in fifth on 18. Minnesota's won two in a row. They're also on 18. Vancouver, 17. Portland and Austin on 16. Real Salt Lake and Houston on 15. Colorado on 12. Sporting on 10. And the LA Galaxy just cannot buy a result these days. Four losses out of their last five, and they are on nine points, the worst team in Major League Soccer. Coming up next, three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that we love so much. The 3-4-3 three, three is up next in four minutes on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. 343. Three. three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. Last segment, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, the 343. Y'all know it by now. Got to get through this on time. I always run over. We always go into stoppage time. I'm going to try to do it right this time, and I don't have any red cards to help me out and make this a 3-4-2. It's a 3-4-3, so let's go. Three local stories you need to know about. Number one, if you have a in or upcoming college freshman, fall 2023, first-year college students, if you have one in your household who's soon to be leaving the household, or if you know someone who does, let them know if they're a soccer player or a referee that there are scholarships available from Georgia Soccer. All you got to do is apply. There is a link on the Georgia Soccer website. It's georgiasoccer.org slash parents slash scholarships. Go to that link. There are available scholarships for this fall. Deadline's coming up soon. Requirements are all easy. Just have to be a registered Georgia Soccer youth player or referee to be eligible georgiasoccer.org slash parents slash scholarships might be able to get a little extra money for that freshman coming up this fall number two on the local side the ssa royals w league team undefeated after their first three games in the w league this summer southern soccer academy one of the biggest clubs in the southeast probably one of the biggest clubs in the country they're killing it on the w league side right now and that's including a hard-fought draw at home against last year's national champions, South Georgia Tormenta. The Royals will be back in action at home on Saturday night at Marathon Park, where they host Birmingham Legion. That's going to be a 7.30 kickoff. Make sure you keep an eye on their star attacker, Rachel Jones. Rachel is a graduating senior from the University of North Carolina trying to make it onto Jamaica's World Cup team this summer. She debuted for Jamaica late last year. She'd played for U.S. Youth National Teams before that. Rachel Jones might be heading to the World Cup, uh, originally from Lawrenceville, but playing this summer for SSA Royals, at least for a little while before she goes to try to win a World Cup spot for Jamaica. On the number three spot on the local side, Atlanta United's academy team in the UPSL, it's essentially the U19s. It's not 
truly a U19 at, at all times. There are some players who are overage who play with that group uh, at different points in the year. But the UPSL team, it's almost like Atlanta United 3, if you want to put it that way. Big win yesterday over KSA Pro Profile. 6-2. Six goals in the first half from the kids. Micah Wharton and Bain Smith each scored twice. The entire starting lineup on the field, they're headed to college programs in the fall. And this is a group that a lot of them have been together for a long time. Bain Smith was the youngest player on the first U-12 team in the Atlanta United Academy history in 2016. He came over from Concord Fire. Baines is headed to the University of Kentucky in the fall. Alongside Joel Gonzalez, one of the center backs in this group, both of them heading to Kentucky in the fall. Micah Wharton, he joined the academy in 2019 from the Darlington Academy. He's headed to Lipscomb University in the fall. So Atlanta United's team in the UPSL battling for the top spot as the season is starting to come to an end. This is a, a nationwide league that has regional play that then you go into a national tournament bracket. And Atlanta United is trying to get into that. LAFC has made a run in this before. Many other MLS teams have academy teams that play in UPSL. Atlanta United's team in UPSL, next in action, Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. at Dalton United. The game will be at Dalton Stadium. Dalton United, one point ahead of Atlanta United in the table in UPSL, Georgia's premier division. 3 p.m. kick. If you're in the area, highly recommend it. It was a really fun team to watch yesterday. Four world headlines. Let's go. Number one, this one makes me angry. I'm going to try not to lose my cool when I tell you about this story. It's not the first time that we've talked about this topic, and it's not the first time we've talked about it with this individual. Vinicius Jr., Real Madrid. Real Madrid filed a complaint with Spanish hate crime prosecutors over the racist abuse that Vinny faced in their 1-0 defeat at Valencia on Sunday. The president of Spain's Football Federation said, quote, Spain has a problem with racism. The match was stopped during the second half. Vinicius Jr. identified a fan in the crowd behind the Valencia goal who was racially abusing him. There are videos of Real Madrid arriving and uh, widespread racial abuse, widespread racial abuse in the stands. Some journalists tried to uh, correct Carlo Ancelotti when he talked about it in the post game and said it was a different word that was being used, which is not accurate and was really despicable to hear, honestly. Um, there's some commentary from a world feed that it's really awful to hear trying to blame Vinicius Jr. for this when he is being abused consistently in a lot of different places in Spain, a lot of different stadiums. And nothing is being done about it. So when this happens in the second half, discussions between Vinny, the referee, Carlo Ancelotti, the game continued. Fans were warned over the PA system about racist abuse. That is in accordance with UEFA's anti-racism protocol. Vinny was sent off in added time, which was another ridiculous element to this game. He was grabbed from behind around the neck by Valencia substitute Hugo Doro. For a long time. Then he reacted and swung his arm back because he's being grabbed around the neck. I'm, I'm not exaggerating this. And it went on for a long time, way too long. And he swings his arm back to get the guy off of him. And of course, Duro falls down like he's been accosted and, and makes a meal of it. And Vinicius Jr. is sent off. 
And then there was another confrontation with the Valencia bench after he had been racially abused for the entire day. Real Madrid issued a statement, outright rejection, condemning the events that occurred yesterday involving their player. They have backed him consistently. Carlo Ancelotti has backed him consistently. Real Madrid in their statement said that they consider such attacks to constitute a hate crime. They filed the relevant complaint with the state prosecutor's office. Um, this should not be happening on a regular basis. Uh, Florentino Perez met with Vinny today and they issued a statement and just reiterating that the club is going to back Vinicius Jr. Um, in everything to deal with this. I think Vinny feels that support from his club and especially from his manager, Carlo Ancelotti. But at some point, how much more do you want to deal with in Spain when this is happening? Uh, Valencia released a statement. They confirmed that police have identified a fan who racially abused Vinicius Jr. They said that any fans identified will be banned for life. Um, there will be a lot of people banned if that's the case, which we know isn't because it never happens. Um, Javier Tebas, the president of La Liga, he made some incredibly stupid and awful comments on social media blaming Vinicius Jr. for what happened. And this is not the first time that Javier Tebas has done this. And it's got to stop. And it's getting to the point that Real Madrid is a club with enough clout to walk off the field next time it happens. And they need to do it. And whatever happens, happens at this stage with that. If the the league wants to forfeit them, I, I don't think they're going to do that against Real Madrid. Real Madrid's too powerful for that. But a stand has to be taken. And, and I know Vinicius Jr. wants to fight it head on, and he doesn't want to be seen as walking off the field in these situations. His players need to walk off the field first, and they need to do that for him. And it's got to happen, and it's got to happen now. It can't continue. Spain's got issues, and they got to fix them. Um, they're not the only ones, but it's got to start getting resolved, and it just hasn't. Number two on the world headlines, Newcastle United. They are back in the Champions League. It's been 20 years since they've been in the Champions League. They didn't get in maybe in the most glamorous way today. It was a scoreless draw against Leicester City, but that guarantees them a top-four finish in the Premier League. They dominated the game. They couldn't find the back of the net. Didn't really matter because they were in good shape. They go through. So Newcastle will be in the top four. They are at least a year ahead of time that I thought it would take. I thought that the build would obviously continue this year. I didn't think they'd be top four this year. I thought it would be longer than that to get there. And you have to give Eddie Howe and you have to give those players a ton, a ton of credit for the right decisions coming in and great performances from this team they will be back in the champions league for the first time in 20 years one team that might not be in the champions league is juventus that's number three on the headlines a 10 point penalty on monday an italian court made the ruling that puts them into seventh place now instead of second in Serie A. uh five points behind milan who moved into fourth right now milan is into the last champions league spot following the announcement juventus lost 4-1 to empoli which is a very bad loss there's two games left. Juventus does play Milan. Juve has not missed the Champions League in 11 seasons. Now, they did issue a statement saying they took note of the decision by the court. They reserved the right to file a new appeal against it. Remember, they were hit with a 15-point penalty earlier. That was overturned on appeal. We'll see what happens here. 
Number four on the world headlines, let's go to Mexico. We have the finalists for the Liga MX Clausura, and it is two heavyweights who really haven't played each other a whole lot in these, these kinds of moments. Chivas and Tigres. This has not happened enough with these two heavyweights. This will be a big final. Chivas has had the success. They've only met in the playoffs three times. Chivas has won all three of those, including the 2017 final that Matias Almeida led them to before going to the San Jose Earthquakes. Now, Tigres has won four titles in the last eight years, but they haven't won since 2019. Chivas is going to be the one that is going to have the confidence coming into this. Um, they are also one title away from tying Club America. 13 league titles. That's the most in Mexico. Chivas is on 12. They would love to get there, especially after they just knocked out Las Aguilas in the semifinal. And our old friend Ronaldo Cisneros opened the scoring at the Estadio Azteca in the second leg. It became a historic win for Chivas over Club America. And now Chivas has all the momentum going into the final. Tigres has Gignac. And we know what that guy can do in these kind of moments. That's going to be a fun final to watch in Mexico. Highly recommended this week. All right, three things that make me smile about this game quickly to wrap us up. Number one, just the feelings that this game creates. I mean, I was frustrated and angry after Saturday night. Man, what a roller coaster ride that game was. Uh, Mike said at one point in the second half how much fun it was. Um, I was not having fun at the moment because I was a little stressed out. That's when it was 3-2 Atlanta. Um, I was not happy at all after the final whistle. But you don't always get every emotion you want in this game, right? It can drive you insane sometimes, and this one did. Uh, if you did not see Francesco Almiron, yes, Miguel's son today, the videos are all over social media, uh, scoring a goal in front of the fans in Newcastle, and the fans are cheering him. Just such a cool moment. I just love the emotion that this game creates. Number two on the things that make me smile about this game, Yorgos Yakamakis and what he is doing for Atlanta United right now. Eight goals now. Five starts. It, it, the the goals per minutes played is ridiculous for him. Better than anybody else Atlanta United has ever had. Even the great seasons Joseph had to start things off. Yakamakis's goals per minutes played is better than that. It's better than almost anything we've ever seen in Major League Soccer. Hopefully, he will be fit enough to start on Saturday because he makes this team look completely different on the field. He's one of those guys who help you in the key moments, and you need more of that. When we're talking about leadership in this team, Yorgos Yakamakis, you got to smile watching him play. Number three, the last one for me, things that make me smile about this game that we love. Andres Cantor, he won the sports Emmy for on-air personality in Spanish tonight. And what a year for Andres Cantor with his beloved Argentina winning the World Cup. And I know that I've mentioned many times just how emotional that was for me. I can't even imagine how much it was for Andres. Uh, you could... See the tears because of the video this time. His call of Landon Donovan's goal in the 2010 World Cup, you could hear the tears in his voice. And if there's you know anybody that I've tried to take a lot from in the way that I want to present a game in calling it, it's Andres Contour. I don't speak the same language, but I feel the game. Um, I try to feel it in the same way he does anyway. And I try to express that to you guys out there listening. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Andres Contour, 
for being such an incredible role model in the sport and, and in broadcasting in general. Join Mike Conti and me for stoppage time Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. March to Match Day will post on Friday. Video edition will be back this week on the 92.9 The Game YouTube page. The podcast will be on Off the Woodwork. That'll be Friday afternoon. Five Stripes Countdown, 7 o'clock, Saturday night from Exploria Stadium. The beloved Orlando City will be the opponents in this one. Uh, it's always a little extra special when it's Atlanta and Orlando. Saturday night will be no different. 7.39 kickoff, full-time report after the final whistle. Thanks for hanging out with me on another Monday night for AST. Adios, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.